Grand Prairie, Dawson Creek, Fort St. John, or wherever you are joining from. Welcome to Fresh Angle. I am your host, Danielle. Fresh Angle invites you to hear about new, exciting ways to see God, yourself, and others. How do thriving relationships sound? Guilt and shame gone. Hope, peace, meaning, purpose, and a joy that can withstand whatever life throws at you can be your normal. We often fail to realize these things all have a common source, a clear understanding of who God is, of how he feels about us, and how knowing the truth changes everything. Stay tuned as Pastor Dan brings us a fresh angle on God, life, love, and the things that matter the most. Hey everyone, welcome back to Fresh Angle. We are starting a new woman of the Bible today. We are starting with Hannah in the very beginning of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel follows Ruth, and in the very first chapter, we come across our first woman. Her name, again, is Hannah. There are two women in this chapter. I'm going to read for you a portion of it. You are going to fall in love with Hannah. She was an incredible woman. Verse 1. There was a certain man of Ramathaim, Zophim, of the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jehoram, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, an Ephraimite. Now, when they take the time to go through a person's background from father to grandfather to great-grandfather, what they're establishing is this person is somebody and he's from somewhere. The mountains of Ephraim are considered to be the spiritual epicenter of the nation of Israel at this point in time. But here's a man who is by Israelite accounting a somebody from somewhere. And then it says he had two wives and already you're going ding, ding, ding. That's not the way it should be. The name of one was Hannah, she's named first. The name of the other, Penina. Then we find out why he has two. Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. It became culturally acceptable that if your first wife was barren, that you would take another wife so that you could have children because having children was paramount. Having children trumped being faithful to your first wife. Because Abraham and Sarah did it, it was considered to be okay, even though the story shows us that it wasn't okay, it shouldn't have been, but it was a practical solution to a childless marriage. Verse 3. This man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. That's where the temple was at the time. Also, the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. So now we have new characters being introduced to the story that will become important later. And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Penina, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. And again, anything that happens, good or bad, God gets the credit and or the blame. Verse 6. And her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable, because the Lord had closed her wombs, just like Sarah and Hagar. And so it was, year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, that she provoked her. So Penina provoked Hannah, made fun of her, because... I'm the better wife, I'm the productive wife, I'm the one who gives Elkanah all these children. Therefore she wept, and she did not eat. Let's pause. We don't know why Hannah wasn't having children. We don't know if it was something wrong inside of her body. We don't know if it was something wrong with Elkanah. We can assume it wasn't him because he was having children with Penina. Whatever the circumstances, medically, we don't know what they were. Hannah didn't know what they were. All she knew was, I don't have any children. And no matter how much time goes by, how many times we try, I don't have any children. 
how heartbreaking it must have been the first time Elkanah approached her that he was going to take a second wife how painful the following days and weeks and months and years were as that conversation turned into a reality which turned into a real person who was a quote competitor and then she got pregnant not once or twice or three times but according to this many times because it says she had sons and daughters plural and on top of all of that pain Penina was not gracious about it in fact she was quite the opposite As time progresses for Hannah, her life becomes more isolating, more disappointing, more painful. Verse 8. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? I'm sure what he said was well-intentioned, but she could have easily flipped it around. It doesn't say that she did and said, well, am I not better to you than ten sons? Because apparently I wasn't. Verse 9. So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, they being everyone else, because she wasn't. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. We may or may not get into that. There's some deep meaning there. Verse 10. As she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and went and wept in anguish. So Eli is the high priest. He's sitting by the door of the temple. And Hannah is there by herself, weeping. I want to stop right here and make this point before we continue. In spite of all of the heartache and all of the disappointment and the barrenness and the pressures and the problems, Hannah is still talking to her Lord. Some people by this point and after this much heartache, are no longer doing that, but she is. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. Speak wide is true cause I am found I am yours I am loved I'm made pure I have life I can breathe I am healed I am free here's my you 
Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. That's hearkening back to Samson. Verse 12. And it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth Now Hannah spoke in her heart, but only her lips moved. Her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, How long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. Now I want you to reflect on the state of the culture at that point. For the priest to assume that a woman alone in the temple, weeping and praying, is drunk simply because her lips are moving, but she's not speaking. If that's the first assumption and conclusion that he jumps to, then it must be a frequent problem, drunkenness amongst the Israelites. Never assume that when you read about the history of God's people, that they're somehow better than we are. There have been problems all the way through. And there were points in Israel's history where God says their problems were more severe than even the nations around them who didn't follow God. Verse 15. But Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I have spoken until now. Then Eli answered, probably embarrassed, and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. And she said, Let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. What did Hannah ask for? She said, Lord, if you will give me a male child, not just a child, culturally, A male child was worth more than a female child. That's not right, and that's not the way it should have been, but it is the way that it was. She said, if you'll give me a male child, I will give him back to you all the days of his life. I don't know about you, if you've ever made a deal with God, or if you've ever promised God something, if you do this, I'll do this. But that's quite the promise. And next week, we will find out Did Hannah get what she prayed for? And how did she respond to it? We'll see you next week. 
We're glad you stayed and invite you to join us next week for another Fresh Angle. While you are waiting, be sure to stop by our website at www.freshangle.ca. Don't be satisfied with less than the truth about God and how He sees you. If your experience with religion so far has been more fear than faith, shame than humble confidence, guilt than joy, or confusion instead of clarity, you have come to the right place and we look forward to having you back next week.